What's up, Glenn? What's up, Ferris? Where's Cameron? Classic Cameron holding us up as usual. <laughs> What's up, Cameron? Ahoy. <laughs> Ahoy. All right. Um... <sighs> All right, cut music. We'll fade it out next time. Duly noted. It is 12.08 a.m. 4.20. It's 4.20. I didn't even realize that. But it Well, is technically, 8. it's not 4.20 in Central Time Zone. Just let the record show. 4.20. Not that we celebrated, but it is April 20th. Um, yes, April 20th. Episode um, 3. Episode 3. Good evening. Welcome to In the Black. A podcast where we talk about stocks and investing. Um, before we dive into today's discussion, full disclosure, um, Glenn, this is clearly. Um, no, wait, hold on. Okay, before we redo. Dive, no, 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 not redo. Someone clearly messed with the document before I hopped on this. <sighs> Already off to an absolute flop of a start. Anyway, this actually just snowballs into what I'm about to talk about. I'm not happy with our uh, performance of the podcast right now. Um, last week's episode uh, on Wednesday, it was supposed to be released Wednesday, it was released Thursday, so it was a day late. And apparently the word punctual is not in Glenn's lexicon as he was punctual, 40, Glenn. 40 minutes late to 40 Four minutes Camerons. late to the uh, meeting. Uh, Let the record show that we're starting this podcast an hour and 40 minutes later. Than the show. You sound like you're in bed. I am in bed, Cameron. <laughs> anyway, uh, I myself have been slacking on the reading front lately, waiting until Sunday afternoon to open Barron's. Same here, minus my Wall Street Journal articles are just open. Lame effort by me. And um, yeah, so uh, team, we need to step up our game, uh, break out the legal pad, click open the pen, turn on CNBC, open the newspaper, subscribe to some newsletter, newsletters. Uh, Axios is good. Free ads to them. Um, Morning Brew actually has some kind of good, interesting facts on it sometimes that I like to read. And they also link good articles, so they're good. Um, but actually, Generally, let's get smarter. Yeah, act, yeah. generally, knowledge is power. Or, as Glenn and I like to say, Lego, ergo, sum. I read, therefore I am. Glenn, what do you think of Blackstone's investment in Legoland? Thoughts? Back in, like, 1986? No, I think, like, I don't know, the last good. year. I don't know. They bought every single theme park in Europe in like the 90s, I'm pretty sure. They bought Legoland out for $6 billion. All right, let's June. not get sidetracked. Just keeping, yeah, Glenn on, just keeping Glenn honest about his love for Blackstone. Yeah, keep Glenn on his toes. That's important. I don't love Blackstone. That, you was, love your, Blackstone. that was your pick of the week last episode. No, it wasn't. It was Mime Technologies. Get with the program. Not Pit. No, that's the weekly wager. I mean, Firm Allegiance. Oh, Firm Allegiance. That's correct. We still wait, wait, before we proceed, Cameron, no what's your firm allegiance? Come again? Me? Cameron, what's your firm allegiance? Undecided. I'm, I'm, I'm reviewing offers as we speak. I'm sending out to my attorneys. I have no allegiances. I'm, I'm personally square. Switzerland. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so uh, S&P was up 3% last week, but obviously that's irrelevant because we invest going forward. And, uh, you know, last week's information is not as relevant as Cameron's golf game. I played uh, right today. now. Speaking of in the moment, 
Asian markets are mixed right now. Uh, U.S. crude is down 15% because some analysts said it's a dire situation. I would not call that mixed. (laughs) No, I said Asian (laughs) markets are... Cameron, listen. Asian markets are mixed right now. U.S. crude is down 15%. Yeah, Nikkei is, I think, down like a point. And And S&P and Dow futures point to a small decline at the opening. Um, Yeah, so... Interesting point for you about the... Asian stock markets. I just Googled the Nikkei ticker. Do you know they have a mm-hmm. lunch break from 11.30 to 12.30 where the market just doesn't trade? Of course I knew that, Cameron. What a stupid question. I just learned that today. <laughs> Knowledge is power. In, in, theme with, in line with today's theme. All right. We have any earnings coming up, Cameron? Uh, I think this is a big earnings week upcoming. Um, Tuesday, Netflix, Chipotle, Coca-Cola, Lockheed and T.I., not the rapper, Texas Instruments. Uh, T.I., not the rapper. And apparently parents did not include Netflix on the list, so they're clearly long prime video or Hulu. Uh, Wednesday, AT&T, Baker Hughes, and Delta. Uh, I think Delta will be really interesting because that will probably set the tone for the rest of the er- earnings for airlines companies. And then American Express um, or the American Titanic caps off the week on Friday. So I think it will be a pretty good week across various sectors to see what the pulse of the market is uh, after digesting a lot of Q1 information and uh, forecasts going forward. All right. Um, I guess we can talk about ACTAC. So I'm becoming bullish on Ackman's thumb muscles, and that's not because I don't think it's potentially because he's pounding his Bloomberg terminal in Bridgehampton. I think it's more due to his robust activity on Twitter recently, specifically the weekends. So it is now three weekends in a row. Ackman has tweeted positive positive news on Twitter. Uh, This past weekend was no exception. He tweeted, he had two big tweets. He tweeted one article about um, building by um, Anderson Horowitz. I think it's a venture capital. Anderson Horowitz. Anderson Horowitz. Thanks for the correction, Cameron. Always. But uh, yeah, it was. I kind of skimmed over it. But um, shout out to my lack of reading. But um, <laughs> it was about it was about building. So I think that's in line with um, Ackman's Howard Hughes position. And he also tweeted, and I, I didn't really understand this tweet at first. I had to, I had to read it twice. But um, oh, just open Twitter. Chamath was tweeting. Oh. Chamath the Mammoth. Bowl of the week. Chamath. So, um, you follow so him? Ackman, of course I follow Chamath. I tweeted at him. Follow us on Twitter at In the Black. But, uh, 17. Yeah, Ackman, Ackman tweeted um, this Stanford. He, so he linked the article and goes, the Stanford antibody test suggests that infected population is 50 to 85 times larger than confirmed cases. Therefore, death rate is much lower. Asymptomatic population is much higher. Very positive news if proven true. Do you think that's actually true? If it is true, I don't really think that's that positive. Well, I think his point is that it's like the herd immunity point, right? Yeah. Um, So that means if he thinks it's 50 times as many people have the case. What are the number of cases in the U.S. currently? Just the sanity check is math. 300,000 about. So 300,000 times... 50. So he basically thinks half the population has the coronavirus. 
Yeah. Doubt that. Glo- globals <laughs> like over globals over two million. Uh, right. Let's check it out. Johns Hopkins, no free ads, private institution, University of Medicine. Uh, they have a big coronavirus resource center. My yeah. internet sucks. Shout out AT&T. Hope your earnings are trash. I'm going on Wi-Fi right now, or without Wi-Fi. So shout the U.S. Out has 760,000 cases. So if <laughs> whoops, so so if Ackman says, uh, "Whoops on my math," I guess he thinks uh, at least 38 million people in the country have the coronavirus. So it's basically like 10 percent of the population. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um. What else we got going? Do so, you yeah. think that's even feasible, and, uh, though? Um, or is he just trying to pump optimism in the stock market? I, I kind of love his optimism, to be honest. I, I like positive people. So. Man, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, a positive attitude wins the day, but, but me too. But doing it three weeks in a row on a suspicious, weekend, just a little. What do you think he's guy. drinking or eating when he's doing this? I think he's like pounding an ice cream sundae when he's just tweeting dude, out. He, dude, he definitely has one of those like beer helmets on with Starbucks cups in either one, just like <laughs> eating Chipotle bowls. <laughs> anyway, so it's a big week for BA. I can call him that because I actually met him last summer. And the big question is, will he be left pounding sand after Chipotle reports earnings or um, pumping his chest, you know, pounding his chest like Bobby Axelrod? So we will see. I think I think Chipotle is going to be pretty unaffected. But I think they're going to have good guidance too, to be honest. Yeah, well, I think they're probably one of the business models from a restaurant standpoint that is probably not as affected as other sit-down restaurants because you can take a burrito, a burrito bowl to go, or uh, do catering and takeout. And I think something like an Olive Garden, I think it's hard for people with darn restaurants, kind of the types of restaurants they own, hard for them to stomaching, I don't know, crappy pasta and free garlic bread and breadsticks as takeout. It's also a lot more expensive, and I think you probably think you're getting a better deal when you buy a Chipotle burrito bowl than when you buy like an entree off of a menu at a normal restaurant. Yeah, um, I actually went to Chipotle this past Friday for um, for dinner, and I <laughs> oh, this is a funny story. So I ordered Chipotle on the app, and the app was like totally crashing, and the food didn't come for an hour, so I just went to the store to pick it up. Told them about my situation. They said, okay, we'll just uh, make it for you and give it to you here because it's not, it didn't come yet. Did you show so them like, your Great. order? Yes, I showed them the order. Okay. Uh, so they made me the bowl. They gave it to me and I showed them that I ordered it. So they didn't make me pay for it there. And then I, I went home, ate my Chipotle uh, bowl, was hanging out, noticed someone pulled in the driveway. It was like, who the hell could be here? It's eight o'clock in PM and it's COVID. And my second burrito bowl came. When did you eat it? A little bogo, a little bogo action. I I put it in the fridge and ate it for lunch the next day. Very nice power move. Yeah, but um, so when I was picking up my food at Chipotle, I went inside, and they're apparently only allowed to have three people waiting inside. Really? I was obviously, I was a disgruntled customer, as you can imagine. Cut my to Chipotle the was an hour late already. Yeah, and and this worker came over to me. She's like, "Can you please wait outside? Like, we're only allowed to have three people inside." I was like. Well, I haven't got my order in an hour, and I think that's a little ridiculous. On top of the fact that I called her out on the fact that she wasn't even wearing gloves when she told me that. Ooh, was she wearing a mask? Yes, but no gloves. 
That doesn't really make me feel good about you eating Chipotle twice in 24 hours. <laughs> it was delicious though. And there were like so there was it was it looked like there was a mutiny outside of Chipotle. That's how many people were waiting for. Actually? It was crazy. There were like 50 people standing in the rain outside for their Chipotle. I wonder how well these I Google and saw that Chipotle is officially partnered with DoorDash. I wonder how these companies are um, able to handle handle this increase in demand. Like my uh, friend sent me a bottle of wine for getting into business school. Hashtag mega non humble brag. Um, yeah, what a heart, what a hardo comment. And DoorDash was the where'd del- you get in? Where'd you get in, Cameron? Where'd you get in? Undisclosed. Uh, okay, undecided at idea. the time. Technically, good work. Good work. Um, was that a test? That was a test. Good, you passed. Uh, and DoorDash was supposed to be delivering on behalf of Drizzly. The woman who was delivering it called me, said she was downstairs. I go downstairs, nowhere to be seen. <laughs> Try to call her cell phone again. <laughs> Deadline says the number's not in service. So she clearly just took the booze and blocked me. Um, so then I just called the liquor store again. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll deliver Are you serious? It. Yeah, dead serious. So I wonder if, like, kind of like the Uber phenomenon, when people say that outside of clogging the roads, the Uber drivers aren't necessarily tried and tested in the same way that cab drivers are like i reflect on going to london and hearing that the cab drivers basically just bike around london for two months learning every possible route they could be taking when an uber driver you get in they're like hey this is my first ride with uber i'm like oh my god yeah delivering for uber eats myself like kind of relating to the fact that you went downstairs the lady wasn't there have you ever ghosted a customer oh i've ghosted so many customers you just take the mcdonald's and eat it no, I'm not that much of a scumbag, but I would sometimes when the when the Uber Eats app was kind of in its like birth phase, like uh, two years ago, okay. I used to I used to pick up food, so they wouldn't tell you how far you have to drive. Told the story a thousand times, but basically, you pick up food and they tell you to deliver the food 25 minutes away, and I just call the person and tell them I was not doing that, and then call Uber and complain to them. Actually. Yeah, but they still paid me for it, so that's obviously bad for the business model. Fair of the week, like, Uber losing money, and um, oh, I forgot the next part of the bear. Writing of the week. down a two billion dollar investment, stock goes up five percent. I just wonder if the that's, markets are straight. Talk about a head scratcher. I was reading an article on the journal hashtag the two articles I read this week, um, and it said that we were officially in recession territory. I think the market went down thirty four percent from February nineteenth to March twenty third. But then since then, it's recovered by 28%. Um, so I'm very curious to get your guys' perspective on what you think earnings season will do in terms of affecting the market sentiment and kind of investor outlook over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, this is a monumental week. Glenn, what do you think? Glenn fell asleep. What the hell are you doing, Glenn? I think Glenn fell but, asleep. Um, I don't know. I think Coca-Cola would be kind of interesting because just because I wonder how impacted they are by restaurants not ordering Glenn, there? Here. food and like soft drinks for their restaurants. So Coca-Cola I think will be interesting. Yeah. Um, what else? I could... Oh, the credit card companies. So you have Capital One reporting. You have Amex, um, Amex too. Glenn, what do you think the earnings season is going to uh, how it's going to shake out this week? I think credit card companies are going to knock it out of the park. Really? Um, really? Yeah, like a lot of people have been paying their rents with credit cards. I'm um, one person who was able to do that. 
What? I was one person who was able to do that. Yeah, like paying rents with credit cards is up like thirty percent. Um, That's actually cool this fact. Year. It's like not a common way to do it because like they take the fees and stuff. But yeah, um, it's usually like a two or three percent fee. But some of the buildings have been actually waiving fees, or the credit cards, uh, credit card companies themselves will actually just compensate their customers for the fees. Or you can do. Little double dip action to get your landlord to waive the fee and then your credit card company to reimburse you for it. Mm, stocks. Mega stocks. Uh, what else we got going? I saw an article or a headline in the Wall Street Journal that bets against the Spider S&P 500 in terms of dollar volume reached a weekly <laughs> high since they started tracking in January 2016. $68.1 billion dollars. Um, shorts entered against the S&P last week. That's not good. Uh, so I wonder if there's going to be like another 5 to 10% drop after earnings season hits. Because like I wonder how much the versus like kind of like the more educated investor thinks that the market has priced this in versus like the retail investor. Like I wonder if the retail investor like kind of sees the one month drop from mid-February to mid-March it's like, hey, they're pricing in a crappy upcoming quarter or two and completely writing that off. Or was it like much more short, short-term fear? So I'm curious to see how the general market reacts when presumably companies report bad earnings and have a much more conservative outlook. Interesting. Um, oh yeah, I want to look up the put-to-call ratio right now. Someone find that, please. Should we hire an intern this summer? Interns having interns? <laughs> yeah, it'd be hilarious. Uh, any update on your guys' internships, whether or not they're virtual? Virtual. Fully virtual. Mine? Yours is full virtual, Glenn? Fully. Yeah, so mine? Um, Careful here. I talked to someone last week, yeah. Um, thin ice. But um, they said that they might do like a, sort of like a team thing and maybe like Team Blue, for example, will go in Monday, Tuesday and Team Green will go in Wednesday, Thursday. And just limit the amount of interaction that you have. Yeah, so everyone's not elbow to elbow. Interesting. Which I think is a good strategy so you can at least give interns a taste for what it's Yeah, like. but it'll be... It's interesting because I know a big part of some internships is like going into someone's desk and be like, hey, just sit with me for this call or hey, let's kind of tie through this deck together. Let's kind of walk through this analysis and explain it to me. It's like much harder to do that if you're like six feet away with a pair of binoculars um, versus having your analyst commandeer your keyboard and be like, all right, I'm driving. Yeah, but more importantly, it's like how do you convey your personality and through a computer it's tough it's it's, it's impossible How are you guys practice i mean it's... any tips for the listeners uh practicing i know anyone who practices their personality obviously doesn't have a personality yeah <laughs> but um oh i had a question for cameron cameron what do you think do you think there will be a lot of MA activity in 2021 with uh, a lot of companies obviously 
um, looking cheaper from a valuation standpoint and what industries will see the most activity and what industries will see the least activity? It's a good question. I mean, I think it's kind of, it's kind of like a long one, but just, I mean, I think you kind of look at the companies that have a lot of cash on the balance sheet, right? So obviously think of like Apple has hundreds of billions of dollars. Microsoft has a lot of cash. Um, So I think they'll potentially start to gobble up companies that they see as fairly valued or even undervalued versus what they might've been Mm -hmm. six months or a year ago. Um, I know we were texting before, like maybe Apple really upgrades, upgrades their hardware and kind of in houses that they buy a GoPro if they want to get more involved with like an integrated lifestyle offering. Maybe DJI. I know the drone company was supposed to go public, but then they, yeah. And if those companies that were supposed to go, that'd be an interesting piece of exercise. If we wanted to look into it this week over the next couple of days is whether or not companies that were supposed to go public, look through their S ones and see which S ones were filed and look at their cash balances and try to understand or get a better idea of what their cash burn was. And then be like, it's hey, good what, Simon Cameron, I like that. Glenn, that one's coming down the pipe. And then um, <laughs> see like, hey, these three companies need cash. Maybe their bankers are starting to field offers from larger strategic acquirers. Or if they're not already PE owned, it's kind of more of an earlier stage venture growth equity company. Um, take another route of going and getting bought out by a private equity firm. But I think PE firms will probably be pretty active. Um, if you read about like the post-recession activity, a lot of firms that were the most successful deployed a lot of capital then. Um, I think probably any industry like specific consumer, I ideas. Think the consumer goods companies that remain appealing um, with strong brand value will probably still get potentially taken out like Vera Bradley. I think of something like that, like who still buys those types of bags. I think the name still matters. People still recognize the patterning of the bags, but let um, me look at their stock price before I pontificate further. Uh, or like else? airlines like will there be even more airline consolidation like Vera Bradley's trading yeah and this could have been for investing for schmucks 153 million dollar market cap uh 463 a share they were at 11 dollars in January so like stuff like that where kind of a consumer private equity fund that's raised money in the past that's kind of looking for interesting opportunities um might be kind of not a layup but a chance for them to get back into certain industries or subsectors where they weren't necessarily thinking even was fairly priced from a valuation standpoint. Yeah. I was looking, I think just out on yours, I think GoPro going back to the point we made might be an interesting one too. They have a market cap um, of about 450 yep. million, but they have did sales last year of um, 1. 4 billion and then in March yeah and, and in March they said their sales were up or it might have been March or February they said their sales were up like 40% compared to last year's month or it might have been quarter but they said like sales were up huge they were 282 a share I thought was pretty crazy yeah I mean this has got to be like look look go to their um go to their five year chart you used to trade at $80 yeah, $60 excited about the IPO yeah, but um, yeah. So I think it could actually be a pretty interesting stock to potentially that one. But with 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 their with a travel ban, like if you if no one's traveling, who the hell is using a GoPro? Uh, TikTok. You don't need you need an iPhone right, to well, do that. I guess I'm a little outdated at this point. Um, 
trying to think what else is interesting. I mean, maybe like the smaller airlines with consolidation. I don't know, Glenn, what do you think? I'm kind of capped at those two or focused on those. Glenn, you're a big Frontier guy. Yeah, I mean, Frontier's the way to go. All right, any other insight? I think they'll, like, right out the storm no matter what. You don't think they could potentially get taken out? No shot. Frontier. I think their stock's trading at 21 cents. Maybe, like, a a Frontier. Um, what's the yellow one? Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, Frontier Spirit merger. Because they do the same thing. Or do you think some of these larger players, like, I think American Airlines trading at eleven fifty. I think they're prime for a short. I think they're going to go to like five or six bucks. What are all the customers that have like full, disclo- full disclosure? Glenn, well, slow down. Disclosure: Cameron hates American Airlines. What? Cameron hates yeah, for American good reason. Airlines. Full disclosure. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So what if like Continue United Glenn? like merged with Delta yeah. or like? American? No, I don't think it's going to be a big player. I worry about like. The smaller players getting eaten up. If you look at like a spirit and you see like American, they're like, what the heck is going on in the marketplace? So, like, we would kind of capture like the Rust Belt and like the. Yeah, the but Sun you still Belt. need discount airlines. I guess so. But then do you think American just be like, hey, this is our lower priced offering? It's called, you know, American Spirit, not shout out to the cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Love me a good ret. All right. And with that, let's get a new topic on the docket here. Would you take NyQuil or something, Glenn? Glenn took NyQuil two hours ago. It's the middle of the night. Okay. Uh, Ferris. Weekly wagers. Do we want to just Glenn, burn through our weekly wagers quickly? Clock struck 12. No, let's okay. do Bull and Bear of the Week. Everyone do. You, you don't have to do both. You can do one or the other or both. Cameron, uh, I'll, pass the, I'll pass it to Glenn before he falls asleep while I quickly think of mine. I'll pass it back to no. you. I'll take it because you both are being absolute wimps right now. Uh, bull of the week, sports. Uh, I'm I'm so bullish on sports after watching the Michael Jordan documentary. I'm so big week for sports. I want some positive announcements regarding the NFL, the MLB, and the NBA. What's your take on what's going to happen? I don't really have a take because, like I said, I've been slacking on the reading front. I'm just praying for positive news, and I think – Maybe the commission, maybe Roger Goodell, like watched the Jordan documentary and he just got so jacked up. He's just ready to release some good news this week. That's my take. Did you, you watch? I know you watched the documentary, Glenn um, or Cameron. What do you think? You guys there? I'm here. All right. Um, do you have a you have a bull or bear of the week, Glenn? I have two bears. <laughs> oh boy. First bear. Oh, I have a bull as well. First bear is gonna be the weather this week. Pretty cold <laughs> okay. and rainy. Not very nice. Um another bull of the week or a bear of the week, excuse me. My sleep schedule. And <laughs> my bull of the week is my DIY homemade haircut. Um, that's looking pretty sharp. So nice work, nice work. I like that. Always nice when um the bull is positive. What about yourself, um, Cameron? Are you there? What is Cameron doing? 
Cameron is MIA. Um, I guess we could like insert the, the, the Jeopardy music, but all right, weekly wagers, start our weekly wagers. Weekly wager. My weekly wager is um, GameStop. Interesting. A rationale behind that? Um, yeah, had a pretty good momentum going into last week, and uh, it really proved big, itself. And so I think it's just going to keep that going to next week as well. Glenn's a big technical trader. <laughs> Monitoring the RSIs. Is that weak form efficient? Shout out to all my technical analysts out there. Um, uh, okay, my um, my weekly wager pick is K twelve learning ticker LRN, and um, I was talking to someone who got into NYU for this upcoming for next year, so they're gonna be going there in the fall. And NYU already emailed them the option to come to classes and take them live or they can stay home and take the classes online. So K-12 provides um, online learning for um, for schools. Interesting. So I think that'll be good. I was thinking about Chegg. Um, I'm actually taking a, a course this summer online. So I'm sure I'll be using Chegg to um, help myself. I also the like Chegg. Yeah, Chegg's good for homework. Can you guys hear me? Stuff. It's actually good. It's, it's yeah. Oh, you're back, Cameron? All right, we Sorry just, about um, that. We gave each gave a okay. Bowl of the week, of the week is Glenn's attitude because I don't think it, yeah. it can uh, get any lower than it was tonight having a podcast at twelve thirty <laughs> in the morning. Uh, and uh, all right, bowl of the week. Wait, bear of the week. Your technical skills for leading the podcast. Right? <laughs> what was that? I'll text you guys after, and then bear of the week is um, yeah this will be a bear, bear of the week Boomer. is steve cohen's agility rumor on the street is that he used the jab step interns in the kitchen last summer uh so in lieu of doing that this summer via the virtual internships he's going to be moonlighting as a pizza delivery man to make sure that his interns are wearing shorts <laughs> and uh wearing full suits and not just a what in the down world shorts Cohen pulling out all he's the stops. Make sure that's, and I heard that he's also making his uh, traders be on Zoom 24-7 so he can watch them sleep and understand their weaknesses better. Yeah, what's the source in this one? It's pure, pure conjecture. Pure Gotcha-ness. conjecture. A napkin I found. A napkin I found. Um, um, and then my weekly wager. Did you guys oh, get- uh, cover yours already? Uh, yeah, mine is Activision, ticker ATVI. Um, kind of just some anecdotal research. It seems that outside of being a major former shareholder, it seems that like a, uh, a lot of people are playing the Warzone game. Um, I haven't played yet myself, mm-hmm. despite having the Xbox. I think Sloan has uh, hid the Xbox controller. Once again, Cameron is proving how whipped he is. Um, <laughs> Starts the podcast late. Sloan comes in and interrupts us. Now she's hiding his Xbox controller. So I'm not sure What's if it's next? similar to the other Call of Duty episode or other Call of Duty games where you can kind of purchase in-game upgrades. I know that was a huge thing for Fortnite for little kids just hacking into their parents' Apple accounts. Um, but I think neighbor. that a lot of people are playing video games. I think during the day people are playing video games instead of going out. People kind of use that as a way of socializing with their friends. So I'm 
pretty bullish on Activision, and I think that uh, Call of Duty is really going to kind of drive their quarterly performance here in the next couple of weeks. I like it. Do you, wait, when do they report earnings? I think they report earnings in early May. But I think the stock's probably going to run up, and then you've kind of seen the typical earnings volatility in the week they're reporting. I like that. Yeah, uh, I chose um, K12. LRN. Yeah, it's an online nice. learning company. So I'm taking online class this summer. I know a lot of my friends, they were talking about in their group chat that they're doing the same thing. And then I know someone who got into NYU. I was explaining this to Glenn earlier, but um, NYU is offering students the option to take classes from home. Are they this really? Fall if they want, or they can go. Yeah, or you can go in and take them live, but you have the option to do either one. Interesting. 